0: Brand new week, a brand new fresh out of the bag episode of People Are Wild. I'm Kim, your friendly neighborhood ER nurse of a host, who is going to waste no time getting down to business to defeat the Huns and also getting into this week's episode. Oh, yeah, we're getting right into the meaty part right from the jump this year, you guys. Get ready for it. So, I have lit my Ryan Lochtee prayer candle, Gia. And listen to Joss Stone's Fell in Love with a Boy on a loop repeat for about an hour. So I'm amped and I'm ready, if you're ready, to talk about how people are wild. So not too long ago, I had a question pop up into my head after a patient had been transferred to another facility from RER. It was a question that I never wanted personal experience in answering, unlike the patient we had just sent to the nearest trauma center. And the question was this, what is it like to get attacked and mauled by a bear and survive? Having had a patient that was attacked by a bear, it was something I couldn't shake in asking myself as we stabilized and rapidly arranged for transportation and sent that patient to that trauma center for a higher level of specialized care. Now, as luck would have it, I just so happened to be flipping through articles in Backpacker magazine when I came upon one that might be the answer to this question that I had lingering in my mind. So, without further ado, I present to you, from Backpacker Magazine, a story of terror, chaos, and ultimately, survival. So when Todd Orr turned around and saw the sow barreling toward him for the second time, he figured his luck had ran out. Todd Orr, all of 50 years old, had started from a trailhead in the Madison Valley near Enos, Montana, an hour before sunrise. He was planning to do a 15 to 20 mile loop around Sphinx Mountain. So you always have to rise a little bit early if you want to get that amount of mileage in in one day. A quick little jaunt around the mountains of Montana, right? So Todd grew up around the area and worked in the mountains for the last 25 years as a trail engineer for the Custer Gallatin National Forest. He knew the terrain, the wildlife, and to always be prepared, especially for bears. He had his pistol in his shoulder holster and his bear spray on the sternum strap of his backpack, and he was yelling, Hey! Bear! every 30 seconds into the pre-dawn darkness. Probably a little bit louder than what I was just now. As the sun brightened the sky and touched the tops of the pines, he switched his flashlight off and continued up the well-worn path no longer feeling the need to call out. Pushing forward, up and into a clearing, he halted. Some 80 yards away, a full-grown grizzly sow was playing with her cubs in the meadow. Todd had just entered. Now their eyes met, and they fell in love within a second. No, I'm just kidding. Her dark gray-brown, full-grown grizzly body disappeared up the ridge into the trees, her cubs following behind her. Now Todd calmed himself as best as he could. He had seen dozens of bears react like this in his life and assumed she was fleeing. A mother grizzly wasn't likely to abandon her cubs to pursue him, he reasoned. So Todd caught his breath, settled his nerves, and waited a minute before continuing, hiking away from her on another trail. But just a few strides later, he heard brush crashing down behind him, Todd turned and saw 300 pounds of grizzly running down the ridge straight towards him. His hand pulled the safety pin of his bear spray, and he fired. Todd would later recount that he picked up the instinct training and working in bear country without a gun. But in two seconds, she burst through that cloud of bear spray 10 feet in front of him. He dropped onto his stomach and protected the back of his head and neck with his arms. She jumped onto his back, her front paws digging into his waist as she ground his body into the dirt. She tore into his right shoulder and arm half a dozen times until 15 of the longest seconds later, she left. Todd laid there in shock and disbelief. Had I just survived a grizzly attack, he thought to himself. He could feel the sting of open wounds oozing blood all over his back. Cautiously, he stood up. And upon self-assessment, Todd determined that the wounds seemed minor enough that he could walk. Because he sure as heck didn't linger. Bears hardly attacked twice, but he didn't want to test that theory this time. Adrenaline pumped through his blood and propelled him down the trail. Todd glanced nervously behind him every minute to make sure he was alone. Each step away from the attack eased his mind, and he realized how lucky he was to have escaped. Eight or so minutes later, Todd was moving down the trail by a stream. The rushing water was loud, but not loud enough to block out the ominous sound of a large creature crashing through the brush. He turned again to see the same grizzly charging toward him. She was already 20 feet away, leaving Todd no time to grab his bear spray or his pistol. She threw him to the ground and attacked again, her bites harder and deeper this time, Huddled in the same position as before, Todd felt the first bite on his left arm and heard the bone crunch between her teeth. As she ripped the tendons out of his arm, he gasped in pain. That only made her attack harder. She bit Todd Orr 20 or 30 times, lifting him up a few inches from the ground and slamming him back down, pushing him with her paws. Her claws dug into his back as he fought with all of his might to stay still and silent. He knew his only chance was to play dead and wait for her to leave. While she ripped his pistol and binoculars off and trashed his day pack, Todd remained a statue, trying not to breathe. He focused on staying on his stomach, because if she flipped him over, he knew she'd kill him. His other senses were heightened. The sound of her teeth on his bones, the smell of his own blood, In his head, she's going to leave. She wants to go back and check on her cubs. Quit moving and play dead, and she will go away. Todd used every bit of strength he had to stay motionless, and her biting eventually slowed down. She sniffed and then bit, sniffed, then bit. A minute passed until he felt the pressure on his chest release, and she was gone. Todd laid with a gash in his head, leaking blood into his eyes, too afraid to move. He listened until he couldn't hear her anymore. Then he pulled his hand slowly away from the back of his neck and reached for the pistol on his shoulder holster, but it wasn't there. Wiping the blood out of his eyes, he lifted his gaze from the ground to look around. He spotted his sidearm ten feet away. He jumped up to grab it and his backpack. And set off immediately down the trail to get as much distance between him and the bear as possible. He didn't second guess what he could or couldn't do. Todd Orr just ran. He examined his body as he moved down the trail deep holes all over his back, shoulders, and arms. He could see blood dripping from his elbows, but nothing appeared to be gushing jacked up on adrenaline he covered the remaining three miles of the trail in about 45 minutes and arrived at the truck where he also found another car parked beside him he promptly pulled his phone out and shot a video telling people to be safe in the area and then posted it to facebook he got into his car and drove the 17 miles to the madison valley medical center now to just back up real quick The man just sprinted down a trail, actively bleeding after being attacked twice by a grizzly bear, and his main concern before getting medical attention was to make a public service announcement as soon as he could for anyone else going on the trail. Now, could you imagine seeing that video pop up on your Facebook timeline that morning of a bloody guy telling you about the grizzlies in the area when you wanted to go out on a nice hike that day? I would have pooped my pants just watching that video. I'll just keep it real. And honestly, I have the utmost respect for people looking out for other hikers on the trail. So Todd drives himself, post-Grizzly Bear attack, to this medical center. When he walked in, walked in, everyone stared at him wide-eyed. It probably was because there was a five-inch flap of scalp hanging over his ear, and that must have been a sight to behold. In fact, Todd would later say that he thought the staff was worried that if he panicked and knew how bad it looked, it might kind of shoot all that adrenaline out and the reality of the situation might suddenly be upon him. So everybody made sure to keep their cool, as long as he kept his cool, it seemed like. Todd Orr's wound tally included the following, though. 20 puncture wounds on his right arm and shoulder, two severed tendons, nerve damage, and shredded muscles in his left arm. Of course, there was that five-inch gash above his right ear and puncture wounds from the grizzly's teeth and claws on his back and waist areas. Now, Todd was lucky that he got away, but unlucky that the bear barreled through the bear spray and that she attacked twice. Now, just as an aside, Bear Spray is effective in deterring a grizzly bear attack in about 90% of the cases. But Todd was prepared. In hindsight being 2020, Todd still doesn't second guess his instinct to use that bear spray instead of the sidearm. But he does wonder if the outcome would have been different. Even after years of experience dealing with wildlife, Todd Orr can attest to the principle of this. You can't predict how you'll react in that moment, in that situation. So say you are in bear country, and you happen upon one of the creatures that we share this planet with. Your quick thinking might save your life, so here are the key points in how to survive a bear scare. The biggest thing you can do is don't panic, which... Might seem really and extremely hard to do in that moment, but if you tell yourself not to panic, and you speak in a low voice, and announce your presence while backing away slowly, you're probably going to be okay. Don't run, though. Flight will trigger a bear's prey drive, and they can sprint up to 30 miles per hour, Did you know that bears had that speed in their haunches? Because I did not. And I don't ever want to see that in action in person. If the bear huffs or growls, this is their way of expressing aggression. So, in turn, speak louder and wave your arms. Stand your ground. Most bear charges are bluffs. If you have bear spray, which you should, especially if you're in known bear territory and it should always be within reach, if you have that bear spray and the bear is approaching within 20 yards, spray a low cloud that envelops the charging Bruin. Get upwind of the bear if you can, but bear spray leaves the can at around 70 miles per hour, so the spray remains effective even at close range. You might need to get aggressive, like every single cheerleader has ever told you. If the bear approaches within 10 yards, Aim slightly above his head to direct short bursts of spray into his eyes, mouth, and nose. Now's a good time, too, for a bit of that war cry as well. Worse comes to worse. Two things play dead. If that bear is still charging towards you, it's time to convince them that you're not a threat. So do what Todd Orr did. Put your hands behind your neck and lay down on your belly to protect your vital organs and nerves. Remain still while waiting for the bear to leave the area because they may return if they notice any renewed movement. And the other thing, avoid getting eaten. It seems like a simple tip, right? But most bear attacks are reactions to fear or attempts to protect their young. If the bear begins to feed, though, you gotta fight. Gouge at the sensitive spots like their face, nose, and eyes. Get primitive, get primal, because this is literally the fight for your life. Now, personally, and at the time of this recording, I have encountered one bear on a trail that I was on. Now, I saw it before it saw me, and I immediately stopped, backed up slowly until I was out of sight and changed course after that encounter i went out and bought my own bear spray and now that is a staple of my own hiking pack no matter where i'm at whether i'm in known bear country or not it goes with me because bear spray also happens to be effective on other animals that you might encounter on a certain trail who are looking to attack and bear spray is pretty darn effective on humans who might be predatory and looking to attack. So my tip to you would be to get some bear spray already, especially if you're an outdoors enthusiast like myself. So I will be making sure to post a few of the articles in the show notes where you can see photos of Todd Orr's injuries and recovery journey as well. There are also included in some of those articles some really good and additional tips about surviving bear attacks and being vigilant in bear country. This is a little bit of a shorter episode because I am getting over a bit of a cold. One of the hazards, I guess, of working in healthcare, especially this time of year when cold and flu season is rampant, is that you get a little bit under the weather. So I am resting my voice a little bit by making a shorter episode, but fear not, because I have sufficiently made all of you vigilant regarding bears and we are going to wrap up this episode with the one, the only, the best game about foreign objects in the body in all of the podcast world. You got what stuck where? So I give you four clues. You tweet to me at people are Wild with your guests and the person most correct first wins some cool swag in the form of stickers. Now, last episode, it was a Screwdriver. That got stuck in that person and resident canadian shout out to amanda she won that one so kudos and yes people do win at this game you can't win if you don't play so here we go clue number one this happened to a toddler who i will say just right off the bat made a complete and full recovery let's just get that squared away right now in clue one clue two being a toddler and being the youngest boy out of three, they were all playing at bedtime when suddenly a cry was heard by the parents in the other room, and they didn't need anyone to ring a bell to instantly know something was wrong. Clue three, they soon unlock the mystery by taking a look at their youngest son's head and immediately calling 911 for an assist. Clue number four, when they reached the hospital, it was immediately determined that There would need to be some experienced eye surgeons in on this case. A team was assembled and they got into their groove. And after about 30 minutes or so, the item that was stuck was dislodged and little Nicholas made a full recovery without any damage to his vision or brain. So there you have it, four clues, a little bit vague in our descriptions, trying to make this a little bit of a stumper. So tweet to me, at peoplearewild, with your best guess, and the person most correct first will win. And as always, my things to remember here, it's like Jerry's final thoughts. What? I don't even know. Anyways, believe in the good, practice random acts of kindness, and definitely consider investing in some bear spray, and maybe some bells for your animals who accompany you on the trails sometime this week. Hey everyone, this is Sarah from Good Nightmare Podcast, a podcast where I like to talk about all things strange and unusual, whether it's mysteries, historical crimes, or fairy tale origins. I hope you'll come along for the ride and join me as we... Delve into some spooky tales. Happy listening. Are your friends tired of hearing you talk about serial killers? While you're at a dinner party, have you randomly blurted out the odds of being murdered by a complete stranger? Does Netflix only recommend documentaries on true crime and murder? If you've answered yes to one or more of these questions, come over and sit at our friend's table. I'm Cam. And I'm Jen. And we are the co-host of our true crime podcast. And you can listen to us every Wednesday wherever you download your podcasts. See you on Wednesday. Oh, bye-bye. Love ya.